He's simply ravishing. Welcome, everybody, to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast, and my tits are out. Uh, Doug, Eric, welcome to the show. There's something about the ravishing one. you got to take your shirt off. Yeah. Uh, you start going for the baby oil, though. I'm out. Well, we'll see. We'll see where the night goes. But, uh, we're here to do something a lot different today. This is Doug's idea. And uh, we, so we don't even know if it's going to work. Yeah, so we're fucked. No, just, <laughs> But no, it's uh, we're doing music tonight, and it's kind of a theme because I mean, not I mean, on the Stabcast and a part of the Everything Unscripted Network, me and Mindy did the top fifty, our top fifty songs of all time, right? Right, and uh, we got in a music mood, I think, and we've been listening to a lot of tracks lately, and even wrestling songs, and and you were like, dude, let's like do some uh, old wrestling albums, yeah, and uh, I thought it was a great idea, yes. So we listened to them all I week, and then. Yeah, uh, it just it it fit. I think now, uh, obviously, you know, I, I'm sure people are going to expect us to talk about you know the passings that happened over the last couple of days. You know, Terry Funk passed Wednesday. Bray Wyatt, you know, passed unexpectedly yesterday. Damn, figure out or release what happened. Uh, Bray Wyatt had a heart attack. Wow. Yeah, I wanted to do a little something else. I, I forgot to, to talk to you guys, but, like, this is very sad, Yeah, obviously, and we need a whole episode for this man and for Terry Funk. Oh, yeah, There's no, I, I, I agree. Like, that's why, like... I think Bray needs needs to happen, like, next week. Okay. And uh, I and I was I was thinking about doing Bray and Terry together, but it's like, I, they both need... They both episode. need separate episodes. They do, and... and because we love them both so much. And it, and Bray Wyatt, oh my, like, this is, it's like current day people, like, we saw, like, last year, bro, now. Like, it's not even just older people passing on. Yeah. Like, we've seen so many motherfuckers that, like, his best, like, Eric Rowan is the only member of the Wyatt family left. That is fucking tragic. The only member of the original Wyatt family. I remember Braun was. Braun, yeah, I know, but come on. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The original yeah. wife, and fucking Eric Rhodes, the only one standing still. That's so sad. And all the four of those guys were in their yeah. like 30s, 40s. Like it's, it's fucking terrible, man. And it's it's, real life and it's not like it's a heart attack. It's real life, and, and shit happens every day, and it sucks. Yeah. But it's like we looked up to this guy. Like he was How fucking. Old was he? Right. Yeah. Uh, 36. Damn. So young. He had four kids. Jojo, his fucking his wife. He's just like he. It's so tragic. It's so he just sad. Got married, it's so heartbreaking. Like he's got little kids. Like it's yeah. And he seemed like the fucking nicest, coolest dude of all time. And everybody's outpouring. Like it's just so tragic. And like he played this demon bad guy, like sadistic character. But he was also one of the best character actors in wrestling we've ever seen. Right. And uh, a very skilled promo. Good in the ring. Like he was awesome at that. But just as a human being, which means more right now. 
even though both are very like he he is the real deal in wrestling. Fucking yeah. Bray Wyatt was the man. But as a human being, he seemed like the sweetest fucking guy of all time. Right. And, and that's what's oh, yeah. funny too, is like during the whole during his whole absence, which by the way, like the absence was kind of due with the fact that he ended up contracting COVID. Okay. Yeah. Which is what started the whole thing. Yeah. And then it screwed with his heart a little bit. But he was say that explains the heart attack now. But he was feeling better. They were actually like I don't know, like if they were uh like if he knew he was getting ready to return or not, but like I think he talked to somebody not that long ago and uh they were coming up with creative form. So he was expected back within the company like soon. Yeah. And then uh his father, IRS, uh, you know, Microtunda, called uh Hunter yesterday and he's uh, you know, Triple H yesterday and said, uh Wyndham passed away. Yeah. And uh I guess Triple H was like, Bray? He goes, Yeah, because th- that's you know, Wyndham is Bray's real first name. Yes. So uh, yeah. Can you imagine it's, how hard that was. Like, you know, yeah, the father. I mean, the fucking. I feel my heart. The whole family, Jojo, the kids, Bo, fucking, my like rotunda, like the dad, everybody, IRS, like it's yeah. so sad. It's so fucking sad. And IRS and the dad are the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's so sad. It's just. Yeah. I feel bad for everybody involved, and, now, and Terry Funk's family too, and everybody who has a passing. It sucks, but like, Bray is so young; it's just thirty-six years old, and he was like, he already built this. Like, he's a Hall of Fame career already. And for the modern day, when we've seen, and I'm not trying to be a be a dick or anything, but a lot of shit, a lot of stuff that doesn't work and not good, and guys that like, I'm sorry, don't really cut the mustard, just as like stars or whatever. Even yeah. like Bray Wyatt was a different type of dude. Like right. so even bringing the cinema, yeah. like with the cinematic matches and the just the different psychological type, he brought gimmicks back in a cool way. Like he just, it's a it's a tragic day and it's a it's yeah. a tragic week. And now it sucks. SmackDown tonight was supposed to have like all this stuff on it. Uh, they canceled SmackDown. They didn't cancel the show. The show's still happening because uh, you know they sold tickets. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like one of the situations to where it's just like, you know, we can't, uh, you know, the show can't go on because you know we didn't have. It's not like they had like a trial planned or a funeral planned or something like that for the episode. Yeah. So like the show is still going to happen, uh, but they're gonna do something. Rumors going around that they might do matches that are kind of like inspired by Terry and Bray. Yeah. Because they're going to pay tribute to both. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people hit very hard by the Terry Funk passing, too. And I do agree, like, both guys need their own episodes. Uh, so if we want to do Two that, legends, the next, like, if we want to do that the next couple of weeks, like, I'm down with that. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, yeah, I'm down. You think we talk then, like we usually do? Huh? I think we're gonna do a memorial. Just, I think we should call it a memorial episode, Eric. And we and I just want to talk about the career and and the life and shit. Right. Uh, I don't really want to list anything. I just yeah. want to talk about Bray. Yeah. 
and we can we can like go in all different avenues. We'll like go old school, like just us talking about a wrestler. Like fuck it. Yeah. Like I just I want to do a memorial for Brett. Yeah. And then like we can do his top ten matches another time. And then a couple weeks, yeah. or, you know, next week we'll do Bray. The week after we'll do – actually, the week after we might not do a show because uh, we got to be in Lehigh Valley the next morning. Oh, yeah. So, so Terry will – Terry uh, episode's coming sooner than later. Yeah. We'll tell, we'll but, we'll do, but we'll do – Probably in September. Yeah. But it, it's very sad, RIP. And like we do for everybody, I think we should give a little moment of silence and then we'll start the episode. Yeah. But all right, let's uh, let's continue on here and let's talk about some music. Yeah. We're, do, we're doing WCW Slam Jam, baby, and WWF Pile Driver. The wrestling album too. The wrestling album too. Uh, I think just Pile Driver on its own is cool though. Right? I'm am just, just saying that, that, that's, that's the how title. They label yeah, it. Yeah, that's the title of the album. But they fucked up. Which, which I which I did have by the way. Like I had the cassette tape back when I was when I was little. <laughs> I uh, I enjoyed both of these, and one's very fucking eighties, and the the second one is it's not very nineties, but it is corny as hell in its own way, and it's a little eighties too, and it's even though it's ninety two, yeah. and like both are just fucking sick in their own right, and have some funny fucking songs and some good shit that we're jamming to that we play a couple times in a row. Like Stand Back is still a hit, and I'll give Vince that. No matter what you've said about Vince on this show, I, I want to give Vince that. Yeah. Hell of a fucking performance for Stan. And uh, I find what I find funny. Yeah. So here's what's funny about Power Driver and about uh, and the difference between Power Driver and Slam Jam. Slam Jam was just going to be the guy's entrance themes, like new themes that were picked for everybody. Yeah. Because the themes that they had at the time were very generic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to do okay. So we got to get new entrance themes for these guys. Pile Driver was okay. We had one wrestling album where we actually had people sing. You know, we had the wrestlers, you know, sing some songs. Yeah. So let's do it again here. But we will use some of these as like entrance music, like Honky Tonk Man's music, uh, Slick's music, uh, Demolition had their song. Coco used Pile Driver as his entrance theme for a while. Yeah. Obviously, Strike Force. So like. They did, like, get to use it, but it's just like, okay, you know, we got guys that uh, that we're working with, and let's just get, to, like, that uh, that song that If You Only Knew, where all the guys were singing it. Yeah. Which was uh, Coco and Jimmy, uh, you know, Junkyard Dog had a line in it. Yeah. He uh, fucking Butch Reed, I think, had a line in it. Bobby Heenan had a line in it. Yeah, Davy Boy and Dynamite had a line, so it's just like you know shit like that. Like it was funny, and, and they're catchy songs. And yeah, one's very eighties, the other one is you know just I, it, corny as all hell. But you go back and listen to those songs, and because that was WCW's first attempt at okay, we're finally gonna have original music. Because up at that point, you had a library of songs that you were only allowed to use, like what was in the Turner library that they used for background music for like NFL on TNT or NBA on TNT or whatever the fuck, or baseball. 
Uh, or you had songs that you like could technically pirate that you could use, but you had to take the lyrics out so you didn't have to pay the money. Like Dustin Rhodes' original theme song in WCW was Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Really? Yeah. That was a song they brought him in on, but it was no lyrics. They were able to cut the lyrics out. That's interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. That's crazy. So I did like, make one album more than the other. I did tell Doug that earlier. Yeah. Which one did you like better? WCW. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I, there's fucking there's bops on both for me, honestly. Yeah. I, I thought both. I I don't like, I don't hate either one of them. I thought both had like four like really like good all time awesome like fun songs, and then like the rest were like pretty mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought they were yeah. both like yeah. I had a fun time with both. I thought, but it was like kind of like different takes. Like, Girls in Cars is a genuine fucking good, like, actual track that you could, you wouldn't even know it's associated with wrestling. It would be, well, yeah, because, to be honest with it, like, the guys that they, that use the songs for their entrance, again, not, like, didn't use the lyrics or anything like that, just used the instrumental. Yeah, Strike Force. You know, Strike Force, Martel and Santana, they weren't even in the video. Yeah. Like they, and they, it they were that, there, and they were in the billing too. They were in the billing. They were on the set, and like when when they saw like the preview of the video, you could see them driving in the car. Yeah, but they never showed it. <laughs> they never I mean, showed yeah, it. It's just Robbie Dupree singing the whole. Yeah, it's just Robbie Dupree singing and, and girls and getting in cars. Girls getting in cars. I mean, a couple driving. of them I think were on rollerblades and bikini. It was very fucking. And that's the thing. It was very eighties. And he's wearing the suit, the fucking blue he fucking looked, suit. He jet. looked like Sonny Crockett. Yeah, he looked like straight out of Miami Vice. Like exactly. Looked, it was super fucking eighties. It was super fucking eighties. Now again, that's one of my favorite songs. Yeah, on the but that's album. a genuine. You wouldn't even associate it with wrestling. Yeah, and that's like, even if you just watch the music video. To, you wouldn't think, oh, there's a wrestling thing. It's like a genuine kind it, of good, it would like... Be, it would be a chart topper. Yeah. So... I mean, <clears throat> it wasn't, but it would be. It would have been. So, you, you had some good stuff in there. And, like, Vince McMahon and Stand Back was hilarious. And, and even on WC, Simply Ravishing, even though the chick's talking about Rick Rude and how good he looks and how the girls go crazy and shit... You would like if you just like associate that away from that's a fun like dance record. That's a yeah. cool like fun song. That's even that's kind of eighties too, even though it's ninety two. Well, because again too, they didn't mention his name. They yeah, didn't mention Rude's name. I mean, yes, they said simply Mr. ravishing, or sim- for- simply ravishing, and all that. But like, yeah, so like if a fan just not even a fan, if somebody just turned that on the radio and yeah. just listened to that. You wouldn't know it was about Rick Rude. Yeah, because she doesn't say Rick Rude. I mean, it, she could just be talking about a handsome guy. Yeah. That's basically what she's doing. Oh, like, like, it's fine. It's just about, and it's cool, and it works, and I think it could. it's a good song on its own, away from wrestling. And to me, that one in particular is Rick Rude's theme song. It's like, eh, it's a little too fun for Rick Rude. I think he needs something a little squeezier. It, 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 it seems like a baby face. Tuned, didn't yeah, it? yeah, a little bit. Like if he went on a baby face run, I could see him doing that. But that felt a little like he to me he needed something a little sleazier. Yeah. But I did. But it's a great song on its own. Let's go song by song like we do with the pay per views and give him a rating. Yeah. Uh, yep. We'll start with the one that came first, and we'll go Power Driver, the wrestling album two. Uh, 
And we already kind of covered it because it's a good song, but we start out with Robbie Dupree and Strike Force and Girls and Cars. Right. That was song one, side one of the cassette tape. Uh, Some people are going to be like, what? What's a cassette? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, well, you know, when I was, uh, I think when I was like 10 years old, uh, mom and dad bought me like a my own like uh, you know AM FM radio or whatever, and it had like a, a cassette, <coughs> uh, cassette player in it. Oh, that's cool. And uh, like, and it was one of those things. Like, I actually went out and bought, or they say, are oh, you can buy a couple of cassette tapes. Yeah. And I'm like, but I already have like the Girls and Cars one, and I think I have like an Elf and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like book on tape or some shit. Oh, that's sick. So that those would I, I would play those every night before I went to sleep. It was either going to be Pile Driver or one of those books on tape. And then I, I wore the shit out of that Pile Driver tape. Uh, I bet you did. Then, mainly, mainly this song. And that's the thing about growing up modestly too, and also like, uh, like, like modestly, and, and fucking. Having like a few things and you just watch the shit out of them or you listen the shit out of them. Right. Like I've seen certain movies so many times. I've seen certain wrestling pay-per-views so many times because we had it on DVD. Yeah. You know, it's not like now you turn on the HBO or the, well, I mean Max now or the, the Amazon or the fucking Netflix and you fucking watch whatever the hell you want. But back then it's like, dude, we had like five things, five DVDs. Dude. Yeah. It's like, which one are we doing tonight? I remember back in the day, uh, if, like, if we got, like, a new, like, VHS tape, yeah. like, again, I know I'm really dating myself here. Uh, no, it's fun, no, but then... Mainly because nobody else will have it. It lines up but, with the point, though. Uh, but, like, if we got, like, I'll use that as an example, because we watch this shit a lot, Angels in the Outfield. Yeah. It came out on VHS. Well, we rented it mm-hmm. uh, from Blockbuster. Watched it, liked it. Dad went out, bought the movie, uh, and we watched it every night for about a month straight. Yeah. It was like a thing. It's like, okay, Dad be like, all right, put on Angels in the Outfield. Mm-hmm. All right. After a month, he got tired of it. Yeah. Next movie in line, The Lion King. Oh, fuck yeah. That's a month, good backup. Yeah. Month goes by, Rookie of the Year's next. Yeah. All right. And so it's like... You wear the shit out of and you wear the shit out of those tapes. My favorite is when it was for a month straight we did Beverly Hills Cop. Oh yeah. So I was happy with that. But that's how stuff becomes your favorite too. Yeah. And that, that's kind of cool, and that's how you kind of develop like memory because in certain things like Bad Blood in two thousand three, I like that pay per view, and I like uh, we covered it, I believe. Or we we've at least talked about the Hell in a Cell match. We talked about Hell in a Cell. That's still many... one of my favorite Hell in a Cell matches because like. I don't. I saw it so many times as a kid, and even though Kevin Nash and Triple H aren't my favorite people, it's like I was bought into it. Yeah. I watched it so many times, and so it's like that's how you kind of. Not that you should watch. Like I'm not saying take fucking thirty hours out of your day to do repetition, but fucking you know, watching shit a couple times can kind of you know yeah. make you really like something. Yeah, it builds up the appreciation. Yeah, or it might affirm that you think it's a piece of shit or yeah, something too. You know, so it's. That's why even when reviews are like like we listen to these albums a couple of times because that's the way to kind of get it in your right. head. 
Well, uh, and also, you know, certain kicks like that go with, like, all walks of life. Like, certain food. Like, somebody will eat, like, you know, there's somebody that will do McDonald's every day on, like, a two-, three-week rotation. Yeah. Uh, and, but, like, it, they'll do it till they get sick of it. Yeah. Or until they shit their brains out. Yeah. Uh, so they end up fucking getting carted away. Yeah. So, like, it's just, like, it's just the repetition. And, like, back to the original point, I think this is actually the point I was trying to make. Yeah. It's been five minutes. Uh, like, but with straight, with this, with the pile driver tape and girls in cars, it was just, like, because I like the song, I found it catchy, uh, you know, it was just like, okay, it was, you know, kind of cool. So I kept playing the song. And I remember, you know, Kenny Lehman and I would talk about it. Uh, and, you know, Kenny Lehman, of course, who is, you know, getting over his injuries that he suffered a few months ago. So he's Our boy. He, he's fighting the fight. Uh, he's, fight. he's finally home now. Uh, Fuck yeah. Uh, him and I, Kenny. yeah, he, uh, we, we talked about it one time. And we were talking about the Pile Driver album, and he's like, "Well, what's your favorite song on there?" And I go, "Oh, it's Girls and Cars." He goes, "You pussy!" <laughs> I said, "You like it uh-huh. too?" He goes, "Yeah, we were five. I mean, it is like a, it's a song for the chicks, but it's cool. I don't know. It's it, it's a cool. It's a slick song. It's yeah. of its time. I give that one a, a nine out of ten. I I, I, I gotta like go it. ten. Like <laughs> I, like I, I'll I'll break the barrier like right I'll go through the glass ceiling. I'll go nine point five. Like right away. Eric's always playing the middle ground. Yeah. That's what he does. Uh, eight point nine point five and nine and a ten. Yeah. Girls and cars are mm-hmm. it's a great song. Uh Coco Beware with Pile Driver. Uh, I wasn't into this really that much. So this was another one that's like First of all, Coco Beware's got a really good voice. Okay. And Eric, you just said you weren't into it very much? Yeah. Well, the thing about this compared to WCW, and this is what I, we probably should have said at the beginning, is that Piledriver is the wrestlers singing their own shit. And you kind of mentioned it. You, you talked about it. But WCW... That's other people singing their shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's probably why I'm more into it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you had Robbie Dupree for Girls in Cars, but everybody else, you know. Yeah, like even even like X and Smash were helping Rick Derringer out with. Yes. Uh, you know, with their song. So, but... Like with Pile Driver, it was you know they needed somebody that could that could sing you know the title track, and they're like okay, give it to Coco. Like all right, Coco, you know, because you know they kind of looked at Coco as their James Brown, but this is not necessarily James Brown type music. I, I you know I enjoy the song. First of all, like, if you ever get a chance to watch the music video of all the guys at the construction site uh. and uh, the uh, the foreman of the construction construction site, Arnie Scolvin, and how, like, you know, he 
he, uh, you know, chastises the guy. So Hogan and Bigelow are, uh, you know, fucking get him with the sewer, with the sewer hose, <laughs> the sewage hose. Yeah. Uh, and then lock him in the porter potty at the end. But like, it's not, it's probably not the best song on the album. I mean, I think, it, to me, it is like top five on the album. Now, again, there's only 10 songs, but. Yeah. For me, I'd give it a probably a five. I'd go five, too. Ah, uh, eight. <laughs> he did his best. I mean, I, I go up to a six. Now, let's go to an iconic track with the Honky Tonk Man by the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. Which has been his theme song forever. I, to me, this is a, a nine out of ten. This is a fucking, because it's a classic. It's his theme song. Well, I'm yeah. Like, if he man. comes out. I'm to, cool. I'm cocky. I'm like, when they tried to switch it in 1990, like, when they did uh, Rhythm and Blues, did that Honka Honka Love, or, or Honka Honka Honky Love, or whatever the fuck it was. It was never going to work. It was just like, all right, no, this is stupid. Go back to his song. Yeah, his song's the shit. Fuck Valentine's. Yeah. And he had a pretty decent voice. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, yeah. He was a good Elvis impersonator. Exactly. Like, that's, what, that's what he was. He was a fun character. I liked him. He's got different opinions now that I don't... Yeah, I mean, nobody really with, gives but, a shit about his stuff now, but... But I thought back then, like, he was an over, like, cool character. Longest running Intercontinental Champion for a while. Yeah. So, I like talking. Which I think people are actually starting to, like, hope that, like, when Gunther goes to break his record... That uh, Honky actually comes out and costs him the time, so he doesn't break the record. Yeah, that'd be cool, dude. And still, one of my favorite scenes of Royal Rumble 2001. One of my fa- my favorite Royal Rumble. Yeah. When Kane hit him over the head with the guitar, did the Jarrett bit way better than Jeff Jarrett's ever done it. And what's funny too no is offense, that Jeff. like Kane goes on this tear, right? Honky talks me as music hits. Now Jerry Lawler, who by the way is Honky's cousin. He's honky coming out. He goes, what the hell? It's his cousin, really? Yeah. He's like, what the hell? Like, if they were just like, holy, like, what is he doing here? And, like, I popped. Yeah. It's funny as fuck. Uh, and then, like, the fact that, like, they're, he's singing in the middle of the match, and King's just like, come on, JR, sing it. And he's just like, I don't sing a lick, and we're in the middle of a match here. And then... He's just like, it's the, it's the honky-tonk man. And then you hear King go, the honky-tonk man. <laughs> and then King smacks him over the head with the guitar. Yeah. And King, ah! and King goes, he's a music hater. Dude, Kane was so awesome in that, but that was a great part of it. That was hilarious. And Hawkey did his job well. Yeah. And and I remember because you had the VHS tape of the 2001 with the behind the scenes interviews and shit. And I remember afterwards, like Hawkey talking, being like, "Oh, this is a travesty! Like, <laughs> I got fucked up! Like, just being yeah. pissed off that he got, you know, his ass kicked by Kane. Yeah. And uh, it was just Hawkey Dog Man was awesome, but this song is iconic to me. For wrestling history. It, it is. It's not necessarily one of my favorites because he never really was. Yeah. But I, I have an appreciation and an understanding for people that do like this song. Yeah. So I, I'll i give it a second. Okay. What about you, E-Nasty? 
go with seven. Uh, it's a catchy, it's a catchy tune. It's a hunger dog, man. It's a hunger dog, man. I'm cool. Okay. Okay. All right. Now we got Derringer with Demolition. So, again, another song that they used for, uh, used for entrance theme purposes. Uh, music video for this was pretty cool, too, because, like, you know, you got to see uh, them do, you know, like, in-ring stuff, but, like, uh, the beginning when, like, you had the big explosion, like, in the music video. Uh, Demolition is one of my favorite tag teams. Yeah. And I put it up there with, you know, with the Steiners, obviously, and the Bushwhackers. Uh, but uh, for me, the song, it, it's another seven. Okay. I'll go 6.5. Uh, demolition. I'd probably hit up a 7, too. Yeah. What did Eric say? 6. Okay. 6.5. Right. <laughs> there you go. Make sure you get that in. <laughs> All right. Now, the best song on that album, we got Slick with Jive Soul, bro. Oh, my God. Like, I... You know you always lie to your friends. Yes. Yeah. I love this song. I love the fact that this was his entrance. And what was funny was that, like, at first, like, when the song first got released, like, Butch Reed was the only one using it of Slick's guys. Yeah. One Man Gang was not using it yet because, you know, it's One Man Gang, you know, Streets is it. Like, the song didn't fit him. Yeah. I'm a then they get, And they sure as hell weren't going to use it because he, he did manage the Bolsheviks. But be- Nikolai and Boris weren't going to use this. That would have been fucking hilarious. That would have shit my pants. That would have been so broke. Uh, Such a good song. Yeah, but then like when it, when One Man Gang became a team and uh, like started using it then, and then you had Boss Man using it. It's like again, Boss Man didn't necessarily fit it, but for some reason, like when you see him and Akeem walking down the aisle with Slick, some for some reason. Jive Soul Bro just, you know, fit. Yeah, and the one thing I will give this album over, Slam Jam, is that its hip-hop effort, Jive Soul Bro, w- was better than Ron Simmons. Uh, Don't step to Ron. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't mind it, but, like, for the one hip-hop song that was allowed on each album, I think yeah. Jive Soul Bro fucking kind of killed it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm just gonna say it out there. It, this is another ten for me. Okay, I'm giving it a ten too. I'll give it eight. You hater! You're not a jive soul, bro. Right? I think I only have one song that's a ten. That's from WCW. He's a critic. All right, Jimmy Hart with Crank It Up. He's smaller than most of One Man Gang's poops. Jimmy Hart or Eric? Eric. Jimmy Hart, too. But Jimmy, Jimmy Hart's got Crank It Up. I thought this song sucked. Oh, this is this is one. All right, so there's two songs on this album that I just I could not get behind. This was one of them. I think it put me to sleep. Probably wouldn't be. It used to actually put me to sleep all the time, too, Eric. Like, I could, I could never, like, really get into it. 
I was not a fan of this song. And by the way, like Jimmy Hart, they, they used this song for uh, the Young Stallions, Jimmy Powers and Paul Roma. And then what they would do afterwards is that, like, if you had, like, a new baby face coming in. Yeah. And he was getting the tryout, he would get the song. When Tatanka first came in, like, when Tatanka came in and did his tryout and he was known as War Eagle, this was his song. When Sid Justice first came in for his tryout, this was his song. So they all liked it. Yeah. They didn't know what else. They they had rock music when he first came in as Rocky Maivia. Uh, well, oh. no, as a tryout, like his very first tryout against Brooklyn Brawler. Right. Or he wasn't even Rocky Maivia yet. He just came out as Dwayne Johnson. And uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. They had him use. They had him use this. And Rock's just like this sucks. Like, why do you still have it? <laughs> why do you like? Because it was an '80s song, and you're in the mid '90s. Exactly. This is the way that, you know, they introduced baby faces. Not a good way, but... What song was it again? Crank it up. One out of ten. I got to agree with that. I'll be nicer. I'll give it a two. There you go. Billy Chim and Gertrude was walking up alone, the country track. The walking or waking? Waking. Okay. But he probably walks too. To be honest with you, I'm only giving this a point five. <laughs> I give it a I give it a two. Twenty five. I, I I love Hillbilly Jim. Okay. But you don't like his pipes. Well, no, his pipes are good. It's just he's not a romantic romantic country artist. Like, don't go messing with a country boy. Which, by the way, they're not even allowed to fucking use anymore. Uh, I don't know. For some reason, it's copyrighted, even though he sang it. So, like, even when he comes out, like, when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2018, everybody thought, okay, well, he's going to come out to it, so he can use it. Right. No, they just gave him the generic shit that he has on the network. And it's just like, you're going to fucking be kidding me. Like, normally, he would be out there singing that. Yeah. That's not... He got fucked. So, hard. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no. This, yeah, this song blew. It blew church. What'd you I think? I gave it a one. Okay. He didn't like Don't it either. Eric fucking hated it. All right. Now something a little better. We got Stand, Stand Back. back. Great fucking song. And the thing about Vince in this song I love is that he almost like breaks into Vince sometimes while yeah. he's singing. Which like, we didn't like, even you know, know existed back in that back in those days. Yeah, and on the radio, like, like on the album, it, it's just he plays it cool the whole time. But the, and the and you listen to that live performance. Sometimes he like gets a little like like stand back, like, like he wants to say like back, like he yeah. fucking wants to yell like like Vince like. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, that's the funny thing. Because, like I said, he uh, nobody knew that that side of him existed except for, like, maybe people, like, backstage or whatever. 
Yeah. Because he owned the company and you had to deal with him. But now, like, he's just... And everyone's like, the announcers, the lead singer, Hogan's playing guitar in the back. Yeah. What the fuck? But he did a good job, yeah. Hogan Hogan was playing lead guitar. Macho Man was on trumpet, right? Or trombone or some shit like that. I'm not an instrument guy. He was was on one of them. And then Jake and Brutus were doing it. And then I think the, the bees, the killer bees, I think, were on... We're yeah, playing everyone was playing instrument. It was funny as fuck. Yeah. And Vince is fucking dancing around like a fucking a big star. Yeah. It's hilarious. Stand back. Yeah. Uh, Stand back. Stand back. To me, to me, just because like you got to kind of see like or or hear at least like you know Vince kind of coming out of his shell because again Vince was like that straight laced announcer. Yeah. Back then. This is a nine. I give it a nine point one. <laughs> you went up I give it an eight point five. I give it an eight point six. <laughs> you already said nine point one, you can't backtrack. Yeah, I can. I'm sticking to nine. Uh all right. Mean Gene Okerlund and Derringer for Rock and Roll Huchiku, which on its own was a hit by Derringer. Yeah. Uh, not with Mean Gene, but when you threw him on it, it was fun. Yeah. I give it a 7 out of 10. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'll, I'll say 7 as well. I'm going to say <laughs> He always goes low on the good stuff. And <laughs> yeah. WWF superstars, if you only knew, to close out the album. Uh, good way to close it out. And, like, you know, the guys that participated and gave lines or whatever. Like, even Elizabeth had a line in this movie. Or not movie, but line in the song. Yeah. Uh, again, this, this is another, it's a nine for me. It's a seven for me. I seven. I give it an eight. I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right, that was the pile driver. As a whole, I'll give the album. What a do seven you guys? Point. Huh? Oh. Never mind. You were you're doing what well, I was about to so say. So you interrupted yeah. him to tell him to do something he was already doing. I know. Uh, I'm an idiot. So. No, you're not, Bob. You're a beautiful. Well. <laughs> We're all fucking idiots. But, uh, no, Piledriver, I'd say, to give my final thoughts and rating on the album, I would say that it was a fun 80s, you know, try and attempt at singers or wrestlers trying to sing and fucking giving their best effort and Vince doing And even Vince came out of the woodwork and did his deal. And I thought all of it was fun. I thought Girls and Cars was a bona fide hit. And uh, I, I like the album. I give it, and I'd actually go up to an 8, 8.3. I, I would give it an eight, an eight and a half. Yeah, yeah. And what, the, did you give it eight point what? Eight out of ten. Oh, eight out of ten. Okay. And I'll go eight and a half. And like for me, this was one of those things. This was the last attempt, actually. Well, actually, no, because they did a, a WrestleMania the album in like '93, uh, which was actually helped produced by Simon Cowell. But then after that, like the next attempt that the wrestlers actually trying to sing was one of my uh, favorites. 
Originals, right? Yeah. Was that the name of the album? I believe it was, yeah, with the Dudley But We've had enough. Yeah. And fucking Trish was on there singing. Everybody was singing. That, yeah. Originals Lita. was a good one. Huh? Lita, originals was a good one. Yeah. And Lita was damn good. Yeah. Uh, Lita was really good. The, the one everybody could not wait for, Kurt Angle. Oh, my God. When he was just talking <laughs> over his own theme music, yeah. that shit was hilarious. But he did the courses. I don't suck. I don't suck. And it's just like even people that were like doing the album, that were like doing the album, like they're interviewed about like their song. They're like, well, what other song on the album are you looking forward to the most? And they're just like, are you kidding? Kurt Angle. But that that one had everything. Yeah. That one had everything. Uh, the Dudley Boys had a really good hip hop, like rock and roll type deal. Like, like, and fucking Booker T had a good song too. Can you dig it? Yeah, that that album was fun. We got to do that. Uh, yeah, like that. That uh, I I do agree. Like next music review that we wrestling music review that we do, it's got to be. It's got to be that just because that was another yeah. iconic. Uh, Iconic album. Hell yeah. I agree. I give this this album an eight. I I had a good mixture of good songs and some mediocre, but solid eight. Fuck yeah. You give give yours. I said said, uh, nine. Okay. No, eight and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Uh, Slam Jam, baby. We got WCW 92. Uh, they weren't exactly... This is one of your favorite time periods, even though they weren't exactly doing record numbers. Yeah. But uh, it was a fun time, and they had a good roster. Well, 92 is actually one of my favorite years in wrestling for, like... Well, the whole, like, 89 through 92 WWF, and then 91, 92 WCW. Yeah. So, yes, it is one of my favorite time periods for both companies, even though, yes, business was down. But for some reason, to me, even though business was down, everything was just still fun. Yeah. And WCW in particular had a really good roster. Yeah. And a deep roster. Just like like you had Luger at some point. You had fucking Ron Simmons. You had the Ravishing One. You had Sting. You had fucking Cactus. You had Abdullah. Like, they just had some crazy, crazy, like... Talent roster, like one of the better, like in history, like it's nuts. Like it'd probably be ten out of top ten, but it's like it's up there. So uh, this is other people singing about them. So and I agree, Eric. To me, this one does go over a little better because it's not the wrestlers trying to do something that they don't do, and yeah. it's actual professional singing. But it's let's let's get into it. It's a fun one, and we're gonna start with Ron Simmons. Don't step to Ron. Their hip hop effort to open out the the album. I thought it was an interesting choice to open it up. And it was well, good. he was also the world champion when when the album was first because the album again recorded in fall summer fall ninety two. Yeah. Released in of uh, you know in about November. Uh, well, they started promoting it in November at their at their November clash. So Ron was the champion at the time. Yeah. Which is why he was getting top billing with with his song. It makes sense. It's just uh, for the only hip-hop song on the album to be the opener seems a little... Because that doesn't really set the tone for what the album's going to be. Right, it's yeah. Like, this is something that's not like anything else on the album. Here we go. And uh, it's a fun one, and I like it. And 
and I thought uh, they did a good job, you know. Oh, they did it. They did not. I like it. It was a cool opener. Yeah. I would give it a 7.5 out of 10. I'll give it a 7. All right, Eric. Or did he say what he was giving? I'll give it a 7. Okay. One of the better songs of this, and you can tell me who these guys are by, Doug, because I'm not sure who, who did them. Is, is that I that I don't know. I think the guy that created the album was named Jim Papa. Okay. Uh, who was like their Jim Johnson, I guess. Yes. And uh, which actually, for a while, he actually had the the trademark, the copyright on a lot of these, uh, to where like WCW couldn't use or WWE couldn't use them for the network yet. Yeah. It took six months for them to get the the rights to the music. Jesus H. All right, boy. Let's uh, let's get into a man called Sting. To me, one of the better efforts. And even though this is super, like it's Surfer Sting, it's not the crow. Like if you like the fucking the dark Sting, then this isn't your cup of tea. But it's fucking awesome. It I love chance. this song. A man yeah. called Sting. It's so catchy. A man called Sting. It's a fun song. No, you should sing. No, no, I did say one of the requirements for this episode was singing a few bars, so. Yeah, I was. Which is why Clinic said, uh, yeah, I'm busy. Clinic called Giant to ask them if he could work tonight. That's how bad he did not want to say. I don't blame him. I'm Are you get... making that up? Or did that yes. No, I'm making it up. Yeah, because I was trying to sell it to yes. the audience. But well, thank you for... Well, it worked, apparently. Well, you sold it to me. Yeah, and then you... Just, you told, gave up the gimmick. You could have played it cool. Karen Well, you could have laughed. <laughs> we have been watching Big Brother. Uh, well, yeah, show which I am not meant for. <laughs> a Man Called Sting is a fun-ass song. And it, and, and by the way, as, as as far as singing goes... I'm getting sued by every major record label in the country because I butchered a lot of shit on the episode with Mindy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm probably going to butcher more shit today. Uh, but I, I enjoyed this song a lot, and I had fun, and yeah. it was a good time. So I, I would give it a 10 out of 10. Oh, I'm right there 100% with yeah, you. Yeah, I give it a 10. All right. Eric's nickname in college, Mr. Bang Bang. Jackson, so. This one, this one was awesome too. Some of these songs yeah, I wanted to get into it. I was listening to it when, while I was making pizza. I was, I was telling Doug that. Now, uh, when the store manager walked in the back of the cafe, did you hit him with a pile driver and then jump up on the top of the counter and hit the elbow? That would have been awesome. No. You should have. Have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this to me is it's, this is another ten out of ten, uh, because again, like the song does fit him, and it's just like you know, and especially when Cactus started his babyface run, and it's just like he throws caution to the wind and care about himself, and it's just like uh, yeah, like you're really vibing into the music. Yeah. 
I agree. So it's a fun one. It's got a good rock feel. Yeah. I give it an eight out of ten. Oh, I, I'm going ten. He's I, I'll give it a nine. He's nine and yeah. All right, now a song that never ever fucking made air besides this album and never showed up on WCW television. Jake Roberts, Master of the DDT. Because he left before he ever got to use yeah, it. Yeah, it never... Watts couldn't get along. Yeah, it, like, here's the whole story behind that. And, you know, there, there's a lot of story, like, not, there's a lot of story, too, that, like, we didn't get into on the Power Driver album. Like, how Girls and Cars, technically, like, the only reason why that song was created was so, and it wasn't even supposed to be Tito. It was supposed to be Markel and Tom Zink were supposed to use that. Yeah. Uh, that's who it was created for because they were going to do, you know, they were supposed to be the hot babyface tag team. But, uh, like, with this, Jake, so they create this because Jake is supposed to be, like, the hot heel. Jake was actually supposed to be, like, part of the booking committee. Yeah. Bill Watts comes in says, I fucking hate you. We're going to bring you in, but the money that you were promised by K. Allen Fry, I'm cutting it. I, I, you're only getting a quarter of it. Like and He didn't even give him half. I think it was only like a quarter. So he severely underpaid him. Uh, Jake said he did dick? Well, I mean, Jake stayed for a while. Yeah. I mean, the match was staying at Halloween Havoc 92 sucked. And that should have been good, too. It should have been good, but, you know, Jake is just like, I can't handle this motherfucker anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those situations to where, like, you know, you almost thought that Watts wasn't good. Because Watts was doing shit that nobody liked. Like, banning moves off the top rope and all that shit. Like, when he banned that, when he banned the top rope moves and you had a light heavyweight division, it's just like, okay. It was a bad idea. Yeah. Like, they were just like, we need this fucking guy out of here. But, like, and Jake, and getting this this music, which, by the way, the song is really good. But, again, the problem is, yeah. the guy leaves right after Halloween Havoc, because uh, Watts is just like, you know, I think I should fire you. And, and Jake's just like, go ahead, because if I have to keep working for you any any longer, I'm either going to kill myself or kill you and then probably kill myself. <laughs> so you might as well get rid of me. But, yeah, like this song, again, it, it was a good song. This might actually be one of the only songs not trademarked because it was never used. Probably. I mean, to be honest with you, I never heard it until we listened to it this week. I gave it a seven. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm going to give it a seven myself, but... i go seven, too, because it's a good track, but it, it never got used. Yeah. Now, yeah. let's go on something that... To me, this is a fun one, because this is by Michael Hayes. Yeah. It's called Freebird Forever. Another one that wasn't used. One my favorite. Yeah, because they left before... Well, Garvin left and Hayes was just doing commentary. commentary. But it's a heartfelt ballad about how he came to team with, uh, you know, Jimmy Jam and Terry. And Terry Gordy, yep. And uh, the only thing that's wrong with this is that 
it is like, like this is Freebird. Yeah. <laughs> like it is the song Freebird. And they already had Bad Street USA was a fucking was a bop. Yeah. And then when I mean they, the who the the Freebird who the hell are you that shit sucked. But uh, I'm a free bird. What's your excuse? Yeah, that shit sucked. Well, that's also too because when they they botched that shit. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, when they botched it because when they did the live performance which isn't even involved in that class of champions anymore. Like, they, it used to be, like, part of it. Yeah, they took it out. They took it out because... I Michael Hayes himself actually took it out because of how shitty it was. That's funny. Because he's just, like... It, because the story on that, when they used that song, was because Cactus Jack and Van Hammer were wrestling outside and they had to move the equipment to outside they had to turn the volume down yeah well when it was time for jimmy and michael to sing because they were the next match somebody forgot to turn the damn audio back up <laughs> so you could not hear what they were doing and jimmy garvin did not know the words of the song so he's trying to read michael's lips yeah and michael is just singing it was just yeah it, it, it sucked because it was a bad first impression that nobody can get. Nobody can get the bad taste out of their mouths. So that was terrible. But Bad Street USA yeah. was a fucking hit. Yeah. But this song, it just like I get it. You're the Freebirds, but this is Freebird. You're ripping them off. At a certain point, it's a rip off. Yeah. It's and it's eight minutes too. It's like it's a long song. Like it's like everything the Freebird. It starts off like it's a ballad and it gets rockier. Like it's just it's fucking Freebird and it's like. At a certain point, it's like, how don't we get a copyright strike here? Like, like it's and it's not a bad song, and it's a fun ballad from Hayes, but you know, you're ripping off a known entity. Right. Well, I think also Skinner might have had like a uh, a deal with Turner at the time, because Turner was shelling out money, even though WCW was not making it at the time. Yeah. It kind of. It's actually my favorite. I get to be scared. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm living the dream, baby. Uh, now the best song on the album. Or did we rate this one? I give it a 10. Uh, well, Freebird, Freebird, I'm giving it a 6. Freebird Forever, I'll probably drop down to a 5. Because I'd rather just listen to Oh, wow. To I give it a 10. Freebird Forever? Yeah. I was really it. into the song. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you love about it? It, it? it was just catchy. I was kind of thinking in my head, too. Okay. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. I was just something about it I, I, I really like. Is that your favorite song on the album? Yeah, of all, all the songs that... Both albums, this is my favorite one. Oh, I'm sorry for shitting on it. <laughs> he shit on Jacksonville Brewer earlier. Oh, okay. and, oh, well, uh, it's a good song. That. I don't mind the song, and the content's good. Michael Hayes is actually pretty good in it, but it's just, it, you know, it's Freebird. Yeah. But I, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Now, to me, the best song on the fucking album, and the intro to this episode, Simply Ravishing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ravishing Rick Rude's theme Oh yeah, this song's great too Fucking amazing And like I said, it might not really work for him In specific, but it's fucking awesome And it's just a fun 
like it's a disco record and it's a fun like it's just like the girls don't know what to do i gotta play it again it's just a great song and uh i i think that it, it to me it's my favorite on the album you know what i mean Jelly yeah our buddy Jimmy at work, who's a huge Rick Rude fan, I said to him, I said, have you ever listened to Rick Rude's theme from WCW? And he goes, oh, which one? And I actually sent him the video. And he's just like, all right, yeah, this is pretty fucking cool. Oh, yeah. So, like... I think the only person that I've ever actually heard shit on it may have been Kenny Lehman, but that's because he said he liked the first theme better, you know, that didn't have words. We're not doing it. All right. But it's a good song. It's a great song. I, I fucking, we played it in the car a few times. I can jam out to it. I have fun to this song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I give it a 10. <laughs> it's a fun song. Uh, I give it a 10 out of 10 as well. Oh, God, yeah. All right. Number seven, Johnny B. Bad. Alright, I know a lot of people might actually shit it. This is another one. I'm giving, this is another one I'm giving a 10 to. Really? Yes. I can't go that high, but I'll give it an 8. I'll give it a 6. Fuck you both. <laughs> I, I gave it an 8. I, I mean, he kind of was 10. the theme I song need... back then, but I don't yeah. know. Take my dick out and slap both of you in the head with it. It's gonna be the last time you have a dick, Bob. But uh, he was uh, he was an interesting character, and this wasn't it wasn't a bad song, but I I, I didn't love it. Uh, I like how they say Little Richard in the song, yeah, because he was kind of based off Little Richard. But uh, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes, The Natural. This is kind of their. It was it was solid, and it's one of those, it's one of those themes to where it's just like you knew, like if Dusty was going to have any input in the album, Dustin was going to have. They were going to try to make Dustin have like one of the best songs of the album. Yeah. Now it didn't have to me. This is like this would rank like number six or seven. Uh because yeah. Everything on here, oh, good everything on here was really good. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, this is definitely a different uh, a different tone than uh, fucking money for nothing. Yeah, it was a it was an it's interesting fun. song, and I enjoyed it. I give it a seven. I'll give it a seven. I give it an eight. All right. Ricky Steamboat with the Dragon. I think this is the most underrated song on this album. It's the most underrated song, and the fact that, like, he used it, like, he had his regular song, he went to this when he was teaming with Shane Douglas, and then when Shane Douglas left the company, he went back to the original song he had. Yeah. Which made no sense. It's just like, all right, so technically this was Shane Douglas' song, but it was all about fucking, it was all about Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, it's stupid. But you only used it. Yeah. When he teamed with Shane Douglas. Dum dum dum. Yeah. Uh, to me, this is a, to me this is an eight. I give it a nine. It's a fun affair. 
You said it's a fun affair, but yet this song is about him never having an affair because he's loyal to his wife. I mean, it's kind of hard not to be loyal to somebody that keeps your balls on there, <laughs> in their uh, fucking purse. Well, sometimes you gotta fucking. <laughs> it's one for the good guys, damn it. All right, Barry Windham, he's smoking. Underrated. Yeah. Uh, and like if Barry had like a knee injury in 93 is actually what derailed Barry from having like a big run. I mean, cause he was kind of having a big run. Yeah. He gets the knee injury. He's out for a while. He's out for a year. Uh, you know, goes on a diet of Burger King and McDonald's comes back better than us. Yeah. Bigger than me. Pretty much. Okay. So like out of shape, uh, even though in his defense, I guess circle is a shape. Uh, but he got up. He was still good in the ring, though. He was still good in the ring, but it's just like he wasn't cosmetically. Pl- you know how like people bitched about uh, you know Chris Hero, Cassius Ono, and how like fat he was, and he wouldn't lose the weight or whatever, but he was comfortable in his own skin. Yeah. Uh, same thing. It was the same thing with Barry. It's just like, dude, you're not cosmetically pleasing. Yeah. Because it's not even like a Samoa Joe. Like it kind of looked like. Samoa Joe, even though he's not red, he looks like a fat guy. He looks like he's got a little, he, he's, a, he's solid. Yeah, he doesn't look like not a flabby fat. Yeah, a jelly fat. And also, he's one of the meaner some bitches like on the planet. Yes. Barry Windham and Barry Windham and Cassius Ono were just you know fat guys. Yeah. They didn't really, <laughs> they didn't really have like an edge to them. Just chubby. Yeah. Little chubby. But uh, this song was okay. Yeah, it's probably a seven and a half. I'll give it a six. I'm giving it a six point eight. All right, last song on the album to close this thing out. Another one that never got used until '96. Steinerized, baby. Eric, you ready to get fucking Steinerized? Yeah. Good. Uh, so album comes out. Steiner Brothers with their top tag team. Uh. Scott Steiner had enough of Bill Watts. So, you know, they left. They went to the WWF. They created the song for him. When they came back to WCW in 96, they had this song that had never been used. So Bischoff's just like, use this. <laughs> like, fucking, like, we've had, it been, we've had it sitting for you guys for four years. Now it's time to get some fucking yep. use out of it. <laughs> We recorded. We paid the band, damn it. Tom, yeah. Dog. yeah uh, but, uh, yeah. Another, like, I really did like the song. To me, this is a this is a nine. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's another one of those songs. It's catchy and just like the whole, like, the story of two brothers, Rick and Scott, and like the whole thing, and then like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like it was goofy, but it was a good. Time. Yeah, well, goofy kind of fits Rick Steiner. Yeah, it does. Well, I mean, nowadays other words kind of fit him, but I can't say him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he was goofy. Yeah. Uh, eight out of ten. What do you give it? I give it a eight. Uh... You got more to say on it? Uh, not really, because. 
again, like there's not really much to say about it except for like even in '96, because in '96, do you think it worked when they came back? Yeah, it, it worked when they came back. So in '96, so these songs started. Let's say about you know '92. Obviously, Ron Simmons was the first one allowed to use his song. Yes. Uh, then you know '93 is when they really started kind of pumping in the fact that these songs were going to be used. Uh, obviously, you know Rick Rude, Cactus Jack. You know, they left in 94, so the songs no longer matter. Same with Ron Simmons. Same with Barry Windham left in 93. Dustin left in 95. Sting, Johnny V. Bad, and the Steiners were the only ones still using these songs in 96. And then Johnny left. Okay? And then Sting, you know, did his thing where he was going to start becoming the Crow character. So the Steiners were, because the Steiners were the last ones to start using the, their songs, they were the last ones to... It was the last song to live on. Yeah. And then in 98, when uh, Scott turned on Rick, it all changed. Yeah. So, like, like these songs, you know, the majority, you know, some of these songs, they did last for a long time. And I'm pretty sure that, like, the albums were still around... Like the Slam Jam album, I, I'm pretty sure you still could have bought like way up into probably about like you know two th- about 2000 2001 because you know back when like media play and, and you know media play was a thing and Fye and all well Fye is still a thing but like when they were really into the CDs and all that you still could you know buy CDs that were like six, seven years old. Right. CDs are cassette tapes. Cassette tapes. All right. Let's give our final thoughts on the album and rate this bitch. I'll go first. I thought this was a better album. I liked both a lot, but I thought this had some genuine hits on it, and I found myself going back to this one a bit more. I would give it a 9 out of 10. I thought it had some corny shit on it too, but even a lot of the corny stuff worked, so I thought it was a good album. Eric, I I love this. I mean, I love this album. I, I like the better of the two, so I give it a nine point five out of ten. Um, I just liked more songs that I, uh, on this album. And you, could, right. you could dance to most of them. All right, Moon Pie. All right, all right. Uh, I I love both albums equally. Uh. So I mean I I'm gonna give this I'm gonna give this a, a ten. I think I gave Pal Driver a ten, didn't I? Yeah. Or like a nine or a ten or whatever. You love them both. Yeah. So uh, because it, again, like you guys said, some corny songs on there, but you know, corny stuff like I'll I'll die on the sword that Johnny B. Bad was actually a really good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like. I don't care. Well, I don't care what you two say. Uh, I know. So, like, I, I'll die on that story that that's one of the that that's one of the best songs. It was a good well, idea, Doug. I love. I liked it. I had fun. Yeah, this is 
This was cool. We'll be back with more unscripted music reviews. Yeah. And the next one we do uh, down the line, we'll do that uh, WWE Originals one, uh, you know, just so we could talk about the Dudley Boys and Kurt Angle. Maybe we'll do that in the Attitude Era one. Yeah. They didn't have another WWE one. Yeah, the Attitude Era songs. With the rock eating pie on the front. Oh, uh... Yeah, that one. Well, that was more like theme song, though. Yeah, well, that's what fucking Slam Jam was. So why don't we do one with the singer singing it and one with theme songs? Okay. Just to keep up with the theme. I'm down. But uh, that'll work. Oh yeah, because WCW never released another album after. So. Uh, oh wow. All right, boys. Bray Wyatt next week. Everybody tune in. A memorial show for Bray Wyatt, and. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Are you doing the limited tomorrow? Yeah, I think we're going to try to finally get off that uh, TGIF perspective that we were going to do a couple of weeks ago, but then Blog Talk said, you know, they didn't want to work. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll get off. Yeah, we'll do that tomorrow. And that NFL review tomorrow, next week. You guys are going to get off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> NFL Target will be returning soon. Oh, yeah, that's right. We got that coming up. We got a lot of good shit coming, baby. Good shit, pal. Good shit. Check out Unscripted Unlimited. Check out the Stabcast this week. And check out everything else we got coming up. And we love you all. And, Eric, we love you, especially our little moon pie. Yep. See you guys next week. Doug, you're simply ravishing. Thank you. He's simply ravishing. (laughs) 